Well, hello there. I am Dave Holmes, and welcome to Troubled Waters, the show that treats popular culture as the most important kind of culture because, well, it could be the kind that bums you out the least. Back in the before times, Troubled Waters would pit two teams of comedians against each other in a pop culture battle royale. But now, teaming up with another person who's not in your quarantine pod might be lethal. It is definitely more frowned upon than trying to tell Patty Lupone that you pay your salary after not putting your mask up over your nose. Don't do it. So for now, it's one comic against another. To win this battle, each comic will be called upon to use their smarts, their rhetorical skills, the great comebacks that they have been writing for Patty Lapone in their little notebooks to earn the coveted Troubled Waters title, Punted Emeritus. The PE title automatically gives a person's opinion on how hilarious it is that all of the people who videotaped the Patty Lapone thing were still afraid to actually point their cameras at the stage because they knew that Patty Lapone was going to yell at them too. More weight than a civilian's. You're listening to Troubled Waters. Let's meet our taste. Okay, let's let's address the Patty Lapone first and foremost. The Patty Lapone in the room. The Patty Lapone in the room. Uh, someone or someone's was in the audience of company. It was a, a Q and A, an audience talk back. They had the nerve not to put their masks up over their nose. We should know how to use a fucking mask by now. It's been two plus years. Patty Lapone, of course, raged at them. Um, in a way that was cathartic and beautiful, and I want her to be the president of the United States of America. But uh, a bunch of people videotaped it, and if you know, if you know two things about Patty Lapone, one, put on your mask around her, and two, do not videotape her. Do not videotape a show while it is happening. She will, she will kill you. She will make you wish she had killed you faster. Anyway, it's there's hilarious video, but it's mostly of people's laps because they know better. Anyway, let's meet our teams. Our first contestant has a new one-person show called Lady ADHD. Sounds like we're going to have a lot to talk about. It is Blair Postman. Hello. Hello. How are we you? We can talk about any number of tangents. Absolutely. Yes. I'm ready Feels for like that. We might go on a few. I am, uh, I am an ADHD enthusiast, sufferer, whatever, myself. <laughs> think of it as suffering the people around me who live with me might but oh my god i don't think of it as i think of it as amazing joyride but yeah it can be fun it has its ups and downs it has its ups and downs yeah medication helps turns out yeah so i guess you would yes i have adhd which will become completely evident to everyone shortly i'm sure oh yeah absolutely yeah You, you any listener could have diagnosed me (laughs) <laughs> and saved me the, the money and the countless hours that I spent on psychological testing. Welcome, Blair. Uh, our second contestant is the host of What Are You Watching? and the creator of the graphic novel Long Ago and Far Away. It is Chris Mancini. Hello, Chris. How are you? Good. Thanks for uh, having me. Looking forward Thank to uh, talking more about uh, psychological disorders. This is, uh, yeah. you know, oh. I, I, I only have anxiety, so I feel like, well, I, is that enough to be here? Is oh, it- yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Oh, you're right at home. You're, <laughs> yeah. you're, you've found you found your place in this world. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, and what? Do you, how do you address your anxiety? Let's make this a mental health award. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, exercise seems to help. And, um, you know, staying off social media also helps. Oh. And it uh, turns out not eating a lot of sugar actually helps as well. Wow. So that's good to know. This, this, that all resonates, although I'm not good at keeping up the sugar because it feels like cocaine. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice. It's nice in the body and the mind. Uh, all right. You have now met our players. It is time to see who has the better grasp of what really matters this week, pop culturally speaking. Players, you will now be given an opportunity to tell me what you think is the most important or tragically overlooked story, person, place, thing, event of the last week or two. Blair, let's start with you. Yeah, this is, so I'm Gen X. So this is especially important to me and my overlooked generation generally. We're overlooked and everything we care about is overlooked. And we will happily tell you about it over and over again. But um, I think one of the, (laughs) one of the more overlooked Big important stories of last week or so is uh, Brooke Shields is now fronting spokesmodel for Jordache jeans. There's a lot of important aspects to this. First among them is that I didn't know they still made Jordache jeans. That's a I didn't know designer jeans was still a thing. Yeah, that was happening. And then Brooke Shields, who is in her 50s and is a lovely woman, Jersey girl. You may not be able to tell yet from my voice, but I am a Jersey girl. She wanted to make all the women, you know, my age, older, uh, still feel good about their bodies. 50 plus, except Brooke Shields still started as Brooke Shields. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not like I've caught up to Brooke Shields just because we're over 40 or 45 or whatever. She still had a big head start. So I'm not yeah. sure how much better that's going to make any of us feel. Jordash jeans, a bit of a slap in the face to Calvin Klein, quite frankly. No, huge slap in the face to, uh, to Calvin Klein, which, it, you know, had its own like creepy take. She did like a spinoff on that old Calvin Klein commercial where she was only like 14 or 15 or something. It was topless, oh, yeah. but you yeah. saw her in the back. Um, and, uh, she, uh, I mean, I guess they're done. Maybe they've been done for a long time because now she's, you know, legal age and everything, but, um, yeah, huge slap in the face to them. And I didn't know designer jeans specifically were still that big a deal. Yeah. Well, they're due. They're due for a comeback. <laughs> uh, so your buzzing word, should it be Brooke or Jordash? What's more fun Brooke for you? It's going to be easier. Yeah. It is one syllable. Brooke is your buzz in word. All, All right. right, Chris Mancini, how about you? Well, also a Gen Xer. Um, oh. Awesome. <laughs> um, there is a Spinal Tap sequel in the works that oh. I can't believe has been overlooked this entire week. Uh, Rob Reiner, Michael McKean, Christopher Guest, Harry Shearer, they're all coming back. It's going to be in the style of Martin Scorsese's The Last Waltz with a uh, con- like a concert documentary. And they said they're going to have actual musicians in the film, too. Wow. Oh, my okay. God. I'm kind of nervous. Yeah. You know, it's uh, we've been waiting for a long time for this. And I think there was a like, hey, you know, we don't want anyone to die. So let's get going on this quickly <laughs> so we can actually get this done. Because, you know, it's been one of those things that people have talked about for years. It's like a Who Framed Roger Rabbit sequel. You know, they've mm. been talking about that for like, what, 100 years. Uh, so uh, but but it's uh, it's finally happening. It was announced and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Even if it's mediocre, I'm going to love it. So. <laughs> That's how I felt about coming to America. Yeah, like I'm here for the coming to America yeah. sequel. No matter what happens, I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. Did you see it? Yeah, yeah, it was fine. Yeah, yeah. right. It was fine. I, I had a few moments of oh, it's the guy again. Yeah. Yes, it's the same that guy was, they yeah. found him. That's what too. it should have been called. It was it's great again. for you know a straight to streaming sequel um, yes. that you get with free delivery. It was you know that's Perfect. really what it felt like. Yeah, it yep. knew what it was. 
Right. It sure did. <laughs> um, all right, Chris, your buzzing word will be, obviously, 11. Nice. Okay. Brooke versus 11. All right. <laughs> Keep those buzzing words ready. You will need them as we move forward. Let us start the show with a game we are calling Bun on Bun. Uh, the animated series Bob's Burgers is making its feature film debut this month following its 12th season on Fox. Not bad for a show that was originally intended to be about a family of cannibals. Is that true? It's apparently true. Our writers researched it. Uh, one of the staples of the show is the burger puns, the uh, the punny burger names that are uh, on the uh, on the chalkboard over the years. The Poblano Picasso burger, for example, the Chevrolet Which Way But Loose burger, the Unintended Consequences burger. In order of Bob and the Belcher family and their fictional menu, we're going to have you go head to head coming up with a series of your own burgers of the day. To add a degree of difficulty, you will have to make your puns fit to a specific category. You'll each get one chance per category to give me your best burger of the day. I will pick the winner, and then I might make it for lunch. We'll see. You don't have to describe what's on your burger, but if you do, I might throw you some bonus points. All right, category number one. This will light up your Gen X adult brains. Uh, in honor of Top Gun Maverick, Tom Cruise movies. Okay, whiskey bunless instead of risky business. It's Ooh, a it's a see? it's a whiskey soaked ground meat, but you got to make up for that those carbs from the alcohol soaking somewhere. So there's no bun, right? No it's bun, just a bunless burger soaked in whiskey. Uh, okay, so just like a pile of meats, uh, booze soaked meat. It's still in a burger a, patty form. It's still okay. I like it, Chris. Can you top it? You know, I was just, like I was, burger. you know, nice. I, um, I was just going to um, concede this round, but then I was thinking interview with a glam burger. The glam burger. Okay. Well, Chris, tell me about what's on your glam burger. It's very fancy. It has a lot of edible um, sprinkles on it. And, sprinkles. Uh, and uh, it has. No inedible sprinkles. Yes. <laughs> like edible. so many cakes and cupcakes yeah. have. <laughs> edible sprinkles, but. Don't they you hate are, when you get a cupcake with yeah. sprinkles on? You got to take all those sprinkles off because they're not edible. No, they're it's insane. It's uh, it's a lot of work for food, and uh, but they are also spray painted with an edible spray paint to make them glittery. So, Ooh. I, interview with a glam burger. You know, I wouldn't eat it, but you get a point. Yeah. Oh, all right. <laughs> okay, current TV shows. Literally any show that's on TV. There are literally no fewer than one trillion shows on television. <laughs> Do a pun about one show that is on television right now. Or let's say ever, uh, and make it a burger. Okay, Brooke, mm -hmm. mash burger. It's like smash okay. burger, except it's, it's like a except burger. it's a lot sadder. And in the end, a chicken dies. Oh wow, I like it. I like it. You don't but here's love where it. You went wrong. It's all right. Here's where it's wrong. Here's where it's wrong. A mash burger is like a smash burger, but it has all the condiments. You have, you're not more disappointed in me than I am. No, I can tell. <laughs> Chris, what you got? I was thinking the French fries of Bel Air. And, and that's just French fries? It's just French fries, but bur you get a burger on the side. They do it a little <laughs> oh, differently. So I see. A burger comes rolling up from uh, Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. you're a little um, apprehensive about eating it because of where it's from, but then it's slowly yeah. um, you slowly start to um, acclimate to it. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, this burger has some things that it can teach the French fries, not just the other. Exactly, one. <laughs> exactly. And, and then eventually, the burger and the fries get along and teach you a lesson. So it's mm. it's a it's a win win. I like it. Honestly, you each got a point for that one. Yeah. So still tied. Uh, a burger 
that is a pun on literally any element of the Star Wars universe. Okay, I think I have one. Okay, let's hear it. The big carbon bite. That, I have faint memories of that. Yeah, so what the is big carbon program? bite. It, it's, it, well, first of all, it's huge. It's got okay. uh, three yeah. patties on it, and oh, it's got cheese, but again, spray painted with um, edible cheese. fruit coloring to look yeah. like the silvery carbonite um, uh-huh. that, that Han Solo was, uh, um, looked delicious in. Okay. I feel like so you're like just going to win carbonite. every time yum, you yum. say sprayed with edibles or yes. spray paint. <laughs> and I'm too slow yeah. to have picked up on that, and I I'm just have no one but myself to blame. I'd, Brooke? Yes? The chewy feels like it should be something. It's big. It's meaty. The meat patty is old, so it's got a lot of fuzz growing on it. And then also gum somewhere. You're working too hard. Also gum. You're working too hard. You know, you know the answer is right in front of you. The, you are working. What's it, What's his full name? Chewbacca. Yes. <laughs> Chew. What is a What is frequently on a burger? Chewlaka. This like burger has locks on it. Come on. <laughs> Bacon, tomato, yes. ketchup. No, you fucking had it. You ran past it. Get back. Ketchup. Bacon. Yes. <laughs> the Chewbacca. You know how Chewbacca was a character who was big? So it's a big burger. So it's got a bunch of bacon on it. You chew it. And, chew, and you I chew it like chew bacon. I would have gone the Chewbacon. It's a very big bacon the burger. Bacon. The Chewbacca. Okay. I'm giving the point to Chris for the thing that I already forgot what it was. Okay. Uh, finally. Tony Award nominations just went out. Um, give me your best Broadway-themed burgers. Brooke. Yes. Hamilton. It's got it's a bacon. It's, excuse me, it's a burger with also a ton of ham on it. Literal thousand pounds of ham. Literal thousand pounds of ham. Hamilton. Oh my God, that's going to be tough to beat, Chris. Um, I was going to go ham a lot. I think that's it's also, also bacon. Ham. I think. That- <laughs> <laughs> oh, but spam a lot. Yeah. It's like spam a lot. Mm-hmm. I see. But I wouldn't have gotten so it without uh, Blair saying ham. So you know I, I feel I like Chris and I are very supportive of each other, even though we're competitors. You are. And that's what I like. You are. Yeah. And yet we're still getting what we're getting. So yeah. like, I feel like you know, there's a higher level of support that we can be giving. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, okay. At the end of that round, Brooke Shields and her Jordache jeans have four points. Chris Mancini and the geriatric spinal tap have three. It is a very close game. Uh, we're going to go right to our next round. Um, speaking of Star Wars, it is now time for a round we are calling Ewan McGregor or Not True in McGregor. Uh, the Obi-Wan Kenobi series is just about to launch on Disney+. Plus. It promises finally to answer such burning Star Wars cues as what would it be like if there was an Obi-Wan Kenobi series or uh, like... I guess, does maybe Ewan McGregor have some time in his schedule and a need to monetize it? Uh, To (laughs) celebrate, we have made a round all about everybody's second favorite Obi-Wan Kenobi, Ewan McGregor. I will give you a series of facts about the actor, Ewan McGregor, but here's a twist. Some of these are true. Some of these are not true. So I will read a fact. You buzz in with your buzz in words, which again are Brooke and Eleven, Mm -hmm. uh, and tell me if they are true in McGregor or not true in McGregor. And those two answers are the only ones I will accept. You have to say the whole thing. Keep your buzzing words ready. Okay. Question number one. Fact number one. In the 2005 movie Robots, he played Rodney Copperbottom. 11. Ooh, yes. Chris got in there. Uh, That is uh, true. It's uh, 
Oh, wait, what were the rules? What I have to do? The uh, True and McGregor. That's right. That's right. And yes, that's right. Uh, he did. Uh, and that's all I know about that. Uh, number two, he publicly described the dialogue from the Star Wars prequels as not exactly Chekhov. Brooke. Brooke. Uh, True and McGregor. Not True and McGregor. He described the dialogue as not exactly Shakespeare. Oh, shady. Oh, that is so close. Yeah, 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 yeah. The main takeaway that is that that's it wasn't great. That's not quite fair. Uh, number three, when playing the older Danny Torrance in Dr. Sleep from 2019, he raised eyebrows by cycling around the set on a giant red tricycle. Um, 11. 11, Chris. I think that is not true in McGregor. That is not true in McGregor. That is fully um, made up. Uh, number four, he fell out with train spotting director Danny Boyle and did not speak to him for 10 full years after he missed out on the lead role. In the beach to Leonardo DiCaprio. Brooke. 11. Ooh, Blair by a hair. I'm going to say that's true in McGregor. That is true in McGregor. He regrets it now. Talked about it while he was doing press for the train spotting sequel, which he probably also regrets. Uh, number five, <laughs> his stage debut was in a play at the Hampstead Theater London called Little Malcolm and His Struggles Against the Eunuchs. Brooke. Yes, Blair. I'm going to say true in McGregor. That is 100% true in McGregor. It is a comedy by Dennis Hallowell about a fascist who forms a party called the Party of Dynamic Erection. The, Perfect. the only weird thing is that that hasn't already happened. <laughs> uh, okay, number six. Ewan McGregor rode a motorbike eastward from London to New York in the documentary Long Way Round. 11. When the show was pitched, I'm not finished, Chris. <laughs> when the show was pitched, he could not ride a motorbike and he took lessons only after it was commissioned. Brooke. Oh, yes. oh, oh, still 11. <laughs> no. You, you, no Again, you doesn't count too early. You got locked out. You've seen Jeopardy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, this isn't Jeopardy, but you got locked out. <laughs> I'm going to say- And I don't know if you get locked out on Jeopardy. But anyway. I yes, don't even know if I'm Blair. supposed to go now, but I'm going to just you say- go. But that never stopped me. So, True McGregor. Incorrect. Chris, to steal? <laughs> yeah, I would say uh, um, Untrue and McGregor. <laughs> It's not true in McGregor, but I, <laughs> not I will true give you the point you know anyway. What? That was actually the karmically correct result of that, I think. Yeah, it was. But he got a point anyway, so. Yeah. Well, um, all right. I mean, he is yeah. actually. He, he deserved to go in. I was trying to. Mm -hmm. uh, Ewan has actually been uh, riding motorbikes since his youth. Ewan McGregor is set to star in a Netflix biopic of Sir Alec Guinness. The original, 11. Obi-Wan Kenobi. Blair. True in McGregor. Not true uh, finally, finally, it was Ewan McGregor who persuaded Boz Lerman to include the exclamation part, part, point, mark, whatever, at the end of the title of Moulin Rouge. 11. Yes. Chris. Um, I think that is true in McGregor because that sounds like what an actor would do. No, that's oh. not true in McGregor because Boz Lerman <laughs> is an exclamation point. Oh my God. He throws that shit around like you would not believe. Uh, all righty. At the end of that round, Chris has six points. Blair has five. We're going to take a little break. When we get back, I'm going to explain why my voice sounds the way that it does. We'll be right back. Okay. Hi, my name is Graham Clark, and I'm one half of the podcast Stop Podcasting Yourself, a show that we've recorded for many, many years. And uh, at the moment, instead of being in person, we're recording remotely and uh, you wouldn't even notice. You don't even notice the lag. 
That's right, Graham. And uh, the great thing about the, this. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Okay. And, okay, go ahead. And you can listen to us uh, every week on MaximumFun.org. Or wherever you get your podcasts. Your podcasts. Hey, welcome back to Troubled Waters. I am your host, Dave Holmes. With us are Blair Postman and Chris Mancini. Thank you for being here. Uh, This past week, I was in Cincinnati, Ohio, for the tour opener of the New Kids on the Block mixtape tour. New Kids on the Block, En Vogue, salt and Peppa, and Rick Astley. I was shooting some video for the the social uh, accounts of uh, that tour. And uh, yeah, spent uh, spent spent a full day yelling with uh, a whole bunch of people who were fans when the new kids came out when they were five years old, and now they're forty years old, and they have one and a half Michelob ultras, and they <laughs> fucking throw down. Oh, they all and sound now like I don't, uh, now I don't have a voice at all, and I hope I don't have COVID. They, yeah, they they lost their voices too. Don't worry. So I'm sure yeah. they did. Yeah. I am sure they did. We like we talked to fans just like before the show started and they were all enthusiastic. And then there's kind of a big moment, like 25 minutes in and we were like, Oh, let's get some fan reactions ever to a person. Everyone was like blotto. And it, it was a hundred percent. They were like three fourths of the way through a big Michelob ultra. And it was just like <laughs> lights out. That's it. Were there oh, people who were there for like the undercard specifically? Like some, did you run into any, like, no, I'm here for Rick Astley fans. Well, me. Right. But <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the magic of the mixtape tour, Blair. Right. It is not, there is no such thing as an undercard. Oh. It is like it starts, it's right out of the gate, New Kids on the Block, but then the other acts all weave in throughout oh, it and there's like oh, two perfect. stages and it's the action is back and forth and here nice. and there and everywhere and people collaborate and it's, it is legit a really fun show. It's a really fun show. Nice, nice, Just, you nice. know, hydrate, bring some lozenges. <laughs> That's my advice to you. Okay, our next round is called Rihanna or Statue. Rihanna could not attend the Met Gala this year. She's very pregnant. So the organizers put a digital life-size marble statue of Rihanna amongst the antiquities at the Met. This is exciting for the rest of us. The thought that maybe etiquette now permits flaking out on a party that you don't want to be at. You can just send a statue instead. I love that. The next round is in tribute. Pardon me? I was going to say, if you can afford your own hologram, sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, Some people might prefer away. a statue of me to actual me at their party. I could see that I taking on. Absolutely taking agree. Like at Thanksgiving, the statue would get more words in than I would, for sure. I'm gonna <laughs> I would get more invitations if I promised to send statue me, I think. Yes, yes. <laughs> so this next round is a tribute to Rihanna's virtual stone replica. I will play you a song, but before I play it, you must tell me whether it is going to be a song by Rihanna or a song about a statue. There's really no skill involved here. This is just pure guessing or um, proof that you are touched uh, in, in some way by some kind of psychic ability that is utterly Sorry, useless. In a, could you say that again? I wasn't talking to you. I wasn't talking to you. <laughs> I was my, my watch just started talking to me. I didn't. Anyway. Okay. So this is a game of pure chance. There are bonus points available if you give a compelling, convoluted explanation for why you are making the choice that you are making. Blair, you are up first. Uh, The first track that we will play, is it Rihanna or is it a song about a statue? I know about as many songs from Rihanna as I do songs about statues uh, because I don't know any songs from the last like 30 years, but um, I'm going to go with statue. That's unfortunate. You can go statue. I'm going statue. Okay. I feel like that's Rihanna, though. 
That is Rihanna. Yes, that, that is was- Rihanna. And the song is Umbrella, Ella, Ella, which has nothing to do with the statue, I don't think. I knew it was Rihanna. So that's I, that's my positive takeaway from well, failing, is that yeah. I'm like, oh, I do know. Once you heard it, you recognized it correctly as yes. Rihanna. Unfortunately, that is not the ability that we are. Yeah, that yeah we are it, that's for a different different show. That's for a different thing. That's for, a, hey, this song that we just played, is it Rihanna? Coming to Fox <laughs> this fall with Rudy Giuliani. Uh, Chris Mancini, number two is for you. Is this next track Rihanna or a song about a statue? I think it's going to be a song about a statue, and I'm hoping it's Venus by Bananarama. Ooh. Yes. I hope so, too. Me, too. Let's see if we get our wish. Unforch. That was Rihanna with mm-hmm. diamonds. Yeah. Oh, well. Unless unless that is a song about a statue. Chris, is it? Sometimes, uh, sometimes when you... Uh, uh, when you're shopping for diamonds in the diamond store, you see them on statues. That's how you know if your uh, wife like or mannequins? girlfriend would like them. Yes. <laughs> like, a, like a mannequin neck? Or exactly. Hand. Yes. I'm like, oh, this this would look lovely on uh, on my uh, wife slash girlfriend. Beautiful like diamonds in the store <laughs> on a fake neck on a statue hand. You know, honestly, I'm I'm convinced. Yeah. Point to you. Uh, number three is for you, Blair Postman. Statues are you. Or a statue. I'm saying statue. It's due. Statue. Great. Let's hear it. They made a statue of us. He says it. Yes. We Wait, don't even have to say? interpret anything. It's right there in the lyric. Did you just say he says it? I said she said it. Like oh, okay. Statue. I thought you said it's right there in the lyric. Like we don't have I thought to. You said he said it. I was like, I was going to take your point away because that's Regina Spector. No. <laughs> who's female identifying. Okay. Uh, okay, yes, point to you. That was Us by Regina Spector. Number four is for you, Chris. What you got? Uh, Rihanna or Statue? I'm going to go with Statue yet again. I feel like it's okay. coming up. Okay. It did just come up, but okay. Want you to make me feel like I'm the only girl in the world. Like I'm the that was Rihanna, only girl in the world. That's Rihanna, not Statue, unless you can convince me that only girl in the world is a song about a statue. Well, if you're alone and yes. you're in front of a mirror, you really are the only girl in the world. So your reflection would really be not real like a statue. What? Wow. <laughs> I want to wow. support you, Chris, but. Wow. <laughs> you blew my mind. Yeah. You quite frankly blew my mind. You blew my mind. Yes, point to you. Point to you. I mean, that is some. Stoned college sophomore reasoning. I loved it. It took me back. Uh, Blair, number five is for you. Rihanna or statue? Two reasons I'm going statue. One, it could be statue. Two, I want every guess Chris and I give to be statue. Yeah. (laughs) Oh. Okay. Just dictating the terms of the entire round and guessing statue. Let's find out. The statue got me. Statue got me high by they might be giants. giants. Speaking Mm. of stoned college, yeah, there you go. All right, point to you. Uh, number six, finally, for you, Chris Mancini. What is it, Rihanna? Well, I've been wrong every single time, so I was gonna say Rihanna this time. So, since I've been wrong, I'm gonna switch it up and say statue. Okay, let's see if that pays off. Lift your lamp of hope a 
Statue. Lady oh. Liberty by right. Barbara Streisand. Well done. Nice. You guys are good at this game. Yeah. Pardon? No Venus. Yeah. No Venus. No Venus. How about that? Just How do you like that? Hmm. How do you like that? Yeah. Uh, okay. Chris has nine points. Blair just behind with seven. We will be back with our final round for all of the marbles. That's right. After this. Did your neighbor back into your car? Bring that case to Judge Judy. Think the mailman might be the real father? Give that one to Judge Mathis. But does your mom want you to flush her ashes down the toilet at Disney World when she passes away? Now that's my jurisdiction. Welcome to the court of Judge John Hodgman, where the people are real, the disputes are real, and the stakes are often unusual. If I got arrested for dumping your ashes in the Jungle Cruise, it would be an honor. I don't want to be part of somebody getting a super yacht. I don't know at what point you want to go into this, but we've had a worm bin before. Available free right now at MaximumFun.org. Judge John Hodgman, the court of last resort when your wife won't stop pretending to be a cat and knocking the clean laundry over. Welcome back to Troubled Waters. I am your host, Dave Holmes. With us are Blair Postman and Chris Mancini. It is now time for a favorite game of ours, one that we like to call Competitive Anecdotes. This is the part of the show where we sneer in the face of Midwestern repression and encourage you to talk about yourself for as long as you feel like. Well, not really. I mean, like, let's keep a couple minutes. But anyway, we're going to give you a prompt. For some real stories from your real life, you will each regale us with a story that is very true and hopefully very painful. We will laugh together. We will cringe together. We will have whatever physical reaction is appropriate. I will then work it out in my head and I will determine who gets however many points. This really could be decisive. Okay, we are recording this episode on Friday the 13th. First stroke of bad luck is my terrible voice. Uh, so for this round, we're going to give you two options. You can either tell us about a time that you just had an unbelievably bad run of luck, or if you don't have a bad luck tale, if, you, if you're if you living the life of Riley, tell us about a bad date that you have, because Friday the 13th is a bad date. So you can tell us about a bad date or a bad run of luck, uh, the more that you can uh, make us believe that this was either the worst luck or the worst date that ever happened, the more points you get. Blair, because you are just a tiny this bit is, behind, I will have you go first. Okay. You're ready. You're ready? Didn't okay. even wait for me to say go. Just just jump I, right in. I don't need there. anyone to ever tell me to say go. I'm trying to be on really okay. good behavior, but I'm like on a nice edge, just working. ready to go all the time. Okay. okay. Um, I have a few bad dates, but I'm going to go in the way back machine. This is the summer of 1995. Mm, so sure. we don't really have cell phones. We no, don't, we don't have a vibrant internet. Much like in a modern horror movie, we first need a, a scenario where we acknowledge that there's no cell service. It's really important to know that there's like there's none of that kind of easy way to get in touch. I was studying for the New York, New Jersey bar exams. Yes, I have many interests. I'm no, I'm not a lawyer now. I was a lawyer for about 12 minutes and I was working. I was back at my parents house studying in northern New Jersey. One of my high school friends was back in town and she's like, you got to get out of the house. Didn't some guy, didn't you meet a guy in the Barnes and Noble bookstore? 
and give him your number. I'm like, yeah, I did, but I don't have time for that right now. She's like, you should give him a call. I call this guy. Somebody got on the phone that was maybe an older sister or mother. And I say, hey, I'm calling for, let's call him Dave. I'm calling for Dave. And they're like, you're calling for Dave. And I'm like, yeah, I'm calling for Dave. They're like, you want to talk to Dave? And I'm like, yeah, uh, which is a hint. And he said, let's go to the movies. We drove to the movies a couple towns over. And as we start talking in the car and as we sit in uh, the movie theater waiting for the movie to start, it becomes evident that this is a person who's having a very difficult time distinguishing reality from what is not reality to the point where he started telling me that I needed to hear about the messages he was getting in his head right then through the movie. And I was like, oh, that's really sad. I have no way. I can't call an Uber. There's no Uber. It's in a little small town. I had to, I got up to go to the bathroom, left the movie theater and found a payphone, which involved walking like two or three blocks away. Use an actual payphone to call the friend who told me I should go out at a date so she could come and pick me up and leave never to see the. That is her responsibility. Yeah, because that was her responsibility. It was her fault and she needed to come get me. What was the movie? I don't know. Yeah, you do. I don't. I should know. It made me I, feel like, you know what? Studying for a couple of bar exams is plenty fun for now. Yeah. We don't, yeah. Maybe we'll just do that for the rest. Maybe of the we'll just for be the rest a lawyer. Of the summer. All right. Excellent. Okay. I feel like, I, I feel like Chris, you're going to nail this. <laughs> you just might nail this. Can you top? schizophrenia at the Flintstones Viva Rock Vegas or whatever this 1995 movie was that they saw. Chris, what you got? Well, I'm going to go uh, a little differently and I'm going to talk about my first job in Hollywood. Okay. Now, a lot of people, you know, it's an assistant job or, you know, you work in an office. Not me. I was a spotter for the American Gladiators. That was my first job. Stop your mouth. So, really? I was on the set and I was on the sidelines. So whenever a 300 pound gladiator like was about to fall or I had to catch him. So it yeah. was a horrible, horrible job. Oh my God. Uh, Blair, you lost. Keep that, going. That wasn't the word. Yeah, no. Oh, I'm, I'm yeah. here for this. That's, this I'm is... comfortable with that. Yeah. yeah. So go, Keep let's going. go into Keep more going. detail. So, so every day was like setting up these ridiculous, huge obstacle courses, then possibly getting <laughs> fallen on by, uh, you know, a, a giant, you know, roid filled gladiator. A turbo. Uh, yeah, I, I've met all of them, Saber, you know, and uh, a lot of them were actually very, very nice. And, uh, <laughs> um, and then that wasn't the worst of it. So, you know, it's this horrible, grueling job. And, you know, the spotters are also, for some reason, grips. So we're setting a lot of stuff up at the same time, too. So they're like, oh, we're not paying them much. Let's make them do as much as possible. So yeah, I'm pushing a um, two-story pyramid. I don't know if you remember the show. There was a pyramid that uh, they had to climb. Uh, and it ran over my foot. So I just started yelling, stop, stop. And then uh, uh, the rest of the, the spotters and grips stopped pushing the pyramid. And they took me to the hospital because I ate a pyramid full of my foot. And because it's a hospital in Los Angeles, um, the doctor comes in and says, I already told the story, but let me see. You were on set and a giant pyramid went over your foot. Is that what happened? I'm like, yep, pretty much. That's, that's kind of what happened. Uh, so my uh, my ankle was was broken. So I was in a uh, I was in a cast and and crutches, and then like I thought, okay, well maybe it'll kind of get easier at the job. And 
So I went back on set and then everyone, all the other spotters, everyone was mad at me because I somehow got out of a lot of this work now because I was hurt. <laughs> and uh, so uh, they weren't sure what to do with him, but they didn't want to fire me, obviously, because then, you know, lawsuit and all that stuff. So I had a various odd jobs of like sitting by the background, the um, the backstage to make sure people wouldn't come in to bother the gladiators to kind of doing correspondence, kind of wandering around from area to area. But it was, I always get those glares of like, oh, he got out of pushing the pyramid just because he, he it ran over him. So I felt like... Just because was, he could have lost a foot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I finished out the season and I didn't go back the next year. So no, you didn't. <laughs> no, you didn't. What was your second job in Hollywood? My second job in Hollywood was like a, uh, a temp job in an office. And I was like, this is so safe. This is ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The boss isn't gonna yeah. crush your your yeah. fibia. Nothing's fibula. gonna fall on me. Yeah, yeah. Good God, one million points for that. Bring me back to the time of American gladiators. So let me let me hold on. Let me just like tabulate. Right oh, yeah, quick, quick. One million with one million and nine five. points. Chris is just ahead of Blair, who has seven. We were so close there for Chris. a minute. I know. Yeah. It's it's okay. Like I should have yeah. gone with William Morris mailroom story. Yeah. But that's my mm. mistake. But I mean, is Zap in that story? I bet not. Yeah. Uh, they treat us uh, very poorly from the mailroom. So yeah, mm-hmm. it was. Sure. Uh, yeah. All right. Well done, Chris. Really well done, both of you. You gave me puns, you gave me statue, you gave me severe mental illness, yeah. <laughs> and here we are. Uh, we have now arrived at our world-famous plugs. Tell us what you're working on, and then to write the karmic balance in the universe, something someone else did that you want the world to know about, Chris Mancini, we will start with you. Well, I um, host a couple of podcasts. One of them is What Are You Watching, where I interview comedians and uh, other podcasters and talk about kind of their lives, what they're working on, and also, and then, of course, what they're watching, because I think it gives like a lot of cool insight as the people that make entertainment, what are they actually, you know, watching and what are they enjoying? So, and I've got some graphic novels and another podcast to actually help with anxiety, because I thought, well, a podcaster, why not you ha- and create a tool to actually help me? <laughs> So I also uh, uh, created The Quiet Journeys of Professor Atwood. It's a storytelling podcast that kind of like helps people with insomnia and anxiety. And you can check everything out at whitecatentertainment.com. Everything's there is the hub, the books, the uh, podcasts, and anything uh, else that I'm doing will be will be there. So whitecatentertainment.com. And I would love to have you guys on uh, What Are You Watching? Great. I'd love it. Mm-hmm. I'd love it. Any- did you do something that someone else did? Um, oh, oh, yeah. What was the second part of the, uh, the query? Yeah, something again? someone else did that you want the world to know about. Oh, yeah. You know what? There, there's actually a, a couple of things. Like, there, there's a whole kind of um, new indie comic boom and scene that people are, like, really um, starting, like, their own little publishing companies. There's a lot of stuff on Twitter. I would say um, there's, uh, there's a company, Band of Bards, and a couple of really good smaller publishers that are... Um, really doing some great work and kind of raising voices and diversity and all of those things through comics. So I think there's there's a lot of uh, good stuff being done in the indie comic world right now. Excellent. Thank you. All right, Blair, how about you? Uh, sure. My solo show, Lady ADHD, is going to be at Caveat in New York City on June 16th. And lots of places after that, D.C., San Diego, San Francisco Sketch Fest, et cetera. 
you can go to ADHDcomedy.com to check out where, but that next big one coming up is um, June 16th at Caveat. And I do stand up, regular stand up all around. Um, but um, the one person show is a lot of these flip chart comedy bits I do and how that intersects with my ADHD and, and lessons learned along the way. Um, and uh, it's a lot of fun. And um, I would say for my um, sort of my shout out here, um, unscripted comedy, uh, just to stay on a theme, is a nonprofit uh, based out of Nashville, but they also do um, virtual classes and trainings and stuff throughout the country. And among other things, they create classes that are specifically tailored to people say with anxiety or ADHD or what have you. So for example, they might have an initial improv class where people primarily, at least for the first couple of classes, keep their cameras off to help people with anxiety from feeling as anxious, having to look at people the whole time, or for people with ADHD for looking at everything in the background instead of focusing oh, yeah. on what's going on. Um, and they do a lot of other great work. And again, they are a nonprofit out of Nashville and that's unscripted comedy. I love it. Thank you. I'm Dave Holmes. My uh, investigative podcast, Waiting for Impact, Dave Holmes' passion project is out in the world. And uh, while we are on small independent voices who are um, doing their part to uh, make the world a better place through art, I would like to recommend the 2022 mixtape tour, New Kids on the Block, and Vogue, Salt and Peppa, Rick Astley, <laughs> 56 dates through the month of July. Um, I'm not kidding when I tell you, it's a super fun show. You will uh, sing and scream yourself uh, as hoarse as I am right now, if not more. Um, just remember to get a meal beforehand. Lay down a base, then you can then you can have some some Pinot Grige mm -hmm. and scream to your heart's content. All right, Blair Postman, Chris Mancini, thank you so much for playing International Waters. You there with the headphones, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time on Troubled Waters. Goodbye. You've been listening to Troubled Waters with me, Dave Holmes, playing where Blair Postman, make a noise. Chris Mancini. Yes. Our theme music is USA versus White Noise by Ladytron. Thank you to them for letting us use it. You know, we've been using that for a few years, and it's, I think... White Noise might be winning the Battle of USA versus White Noise. Anyway, uh, the script was written by Riley Silverman and John Luke Roberts, and our producers are Christian Duenas and Laura Swisher. Yeah, you couldn't hear her, but she whooped too. We'll see you next time. Bye. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.